This is Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson, Steve Vaughn, co-hosting with me on this edition. And I'm getting back to this worldview survey that George Barna has done really since the early 1990s. He's been at this for a long time. George Barna, now with the Cultural Research Center in Arizona Christian University, has seen another drop. Now, we monitor this in 2019. This would have been, what, three years ago, where the Christian worldview savvy in America dropped from 12% down to 6%. Well, another drop down to 4%. And as far as the crowd under 30 years of age, it was some 2% subscribed to a biblical worldview back in 2019. That's down to 1% now. So, again, cut in half one more time in just the last three years. So we're still sliding down the cliff when it comes to Christian worldview savvy. The veteran researcher that is George Barna cautioned young people in particular are largely isolated from biblical thought in our society and are the most aggressive at rejecting biblical principles in our culture. Facilitating a return to biblical thinking and living in America will take an intentional, strategic, inconsistent effort by the remaining population that represents this biblical approach to life. Okay, so that was his takeaway in this most recent survey of 2023 on American worldview savvy. Uh, Friends, this is pretty tough. What is it precisely that 99% of young people under 30 years of age stand for? Now, by the way, 60% of them call themselves Christians, but 99% of young people under 30 years of age have abandoned a biblical worldview. But what is it? Well, Barna has defined a biblical worldview as believing that absolute moral truth exists, the Bible is totally accurate in all the principles it teaches, Satan is a real being, not merely symbolic. A person cannot earn their way into heaven by trying to be good or doing good works. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth. And God is the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the earth who still rules the universe today. Well, that I would say would be extremely basic, sophomoric summary of a Christian worldview. I mean, I don't think that's, you know, that's not like, you know, worldview academy kind of worldview. That's, that's just the very basics. That's kindergarten level for a biblical worldview, yet 99% of American young people under 30 years of age reject that. Only 1% go, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And only 4% of the general population. Can you say (laughs) post-Christian? Yeah, very post-Christian. I mean, it's hard to come to grips with this. Yeah, But, But this is why I wrote my book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. At some point, we're going to have to face the facts on this. The old European faith is dying and dead. America's lost the faith as a nation. And the universities, the seminaries, the public schools have done a good job destroying the faith in this country. We've lost 75% of ground since 1995. We've lost about half the ground since 2019. Uh, That's about as long as I've been involved in the homeschooling movement, going back to 1995. So, you know, I guess on the one hand, I'm a little bit discouraged i'm trying not to be but this we've lost significant ground since i got involved well maybe i'm the issue i, I don't know <laughs> maybe it's me yeah maybe i showed up and destroyed you know the uh, the teaching maybe there were other teachers who should have come in to convey the biblical worldview but you know bill jack myself i think david noble i think of others that have done a lot of work and yet look at all the ground we've lost since we've been involved pretty rough pretty rough. These have to be the worst 28 years in American history when it comes to the Christian faith, guys. 
These were the decades where CCM attempted to rescue the faith. These were the decades of Max Licato, Sarah Young, Jen Wilkin, Beth Moore, Rachel Hollis, Jenny Allen, Rick Warren, William Young's The Shack, Joel Osteen, Josh Harris, and Philip Yancey. I can't understand it. We have such tremendous Christian authors over the last 25 years. What happened? Yeah, they Not. didn't know either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. These are some of the worst Christian representatives of you know Christian orthodoxy, the worst possible Christian leaders trying to represent some semblance of the Christian faith in the history of the Christian faith, at least in the history of evangelicalism, the history of the Reformed faith since the Reformation. I mean, this is just a disaster. Now, I'm pointing to, to CCM. I'm pointing to this watered-down nothingness we're getting out of Christian bookstores as the source of much of this problem, Steve. Okay, maybe not everybody agreeing with me on this, but I just don't think Max Licato can save the faith in America. I don't think front-running Rick Warren and William Young's The Shack and Joel Osteen is going to pull it off. These are the guys that have been leading the, the, the Christian audience, the evangelical audience in America since the 19, late 1990s. Now, these were the years the secular publishers bought out the top four Christian publishers as well. I believe it's something of a demonic conspiracy in which 54% of the industry is co-opted by secular publishers. These were the years the pro-lesbian divorcee women authors displaced Chuck Swindoll, John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul. These were the pastors leading American evangelical Christianity in the mid-1990s. You remember R.C. Sproul? John oh, MacArthur, yeah. you remember Chuck Swindoll? Yeah. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe the they time. weren't, you know, maybe they weren't everything you wanted them to be, but man, these guys, these were the ones leading the American uh, publishing industry for, for Christian, for evangelicals in the 1990s, displaced by the pro-lesbian divorcee women authors and Joel Osteen. These were the years that the great Christian authors turned out to be apostates and they left the faith or turned pro-homosexual. I think of somebody like Josh Harris, who was right up there in the front with William Young's The Shack and Beth Moore and Jen Wilkin and Max Licato. Now, almost all of the top-selling books were published by Thomas Nelson, Zondervan, and Multnomah. These were anti-Christian secular publishers that bought out Thomas Nelson, Zondervan, Multnomah. Remember, in 1988, HarperCollins a non-Christian company buys out Zondervan. In 2011, HarperCollins buys out Thomas Nelson, the largest Christian publishers now owned by anti-Christians. That's 54% of the Christian publishing in America owned by non-Christians. And of course, Random House bought out Multnomah and Waterbrook. And then in 2005, Zondervan published the TNIV. Big surprise, I don't think so. This is feminism capturing control of American Christian publishers. Friends, I'm talking about HarperCollins, Random House, seizing control of 54% of Christianity in America, and the Christian publishing business gets a slew of junk books over the next 15 years. That's what's seriously undermined the Christian faith in the United States, at least in the area of publishing, since 2005. Well, this is what's going on. Now, I'm not saying this is the only issue, but Steve, I think it plays in. Don't you think secular publishers could do damage to 54% of American Christian publishing. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you take a look at the NIV after 1984. So what all, the new ones after that, they, they just are awful. They, you know, they don't adequately represent the word of God. And they, they tried to, um, you know, make things gender neutral in a lot of what they put out. It just was not good. I mean, God said, you know, the father said, this is who I am. And then they're, they're trying to change it to gender neutral language to try to appease. Well, you know, Jesus didn't come to appease people. He came to uh, offend people. Uh, he didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring the sword and that there would be disagreements among family members. Uh, but when you're trying to bring peace uh, and bring feelings and safety. You know, I, I really liked what C.S. Lewis said. You know, Aslan is not a tame lion. Uh, he's he is good, but he's not safe. So you know, we need to get back to things like that. Now, I, I want to make a few exceptions. I mean, almost every one of the best-selling books I could find uh, were flimsy, to say the least. And you're looking at Thomas Nelson, Zondervan, Multnomah leading the pack. But there were exceptions. Randy Alcorn. Yeah. Nancy Lee DeMoss. You know, there there were three or four exceptions that I could see in, in a list of, say, about 100 books that made the platinum sales and gold sales levels in American Christian publishing in the last 15 years. And friends, I'm telling you, it's been a disaster for the other 97% of what we're getting out of the secular-run Christian publishing houses. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one -on -one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. answer the question today on this edition of Generations, how the Christian worldview slipped 75% among Christians in the United States since 1995 and 50% among the young folks just over the last three years. We're falling off the cliff right now, my friends, when it comes to worldview, Christian worldview savvy on the part of the Christian population. What, 67% of the population is still referring themselves as Christians, but only 4% maintain a Christian worldview, only 1% of the 30 minus crowd. The homeschool movement tried to salvage a little piece of it with worldview ministries like Worldview Academy, Summit Ministries, Ken Hems, Answers in Genesis. You know, there, there have been worthwhile attempts to salvage something, and yet we've lost tremendous ground 
since 1995. Now, here's the point I want to drive home. If the churches are not teaching the foundational doctrines, there's nothing 501c3 ministries can do to inculcate these principles in a one-week or one two-day seminar. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, we can throw our conference and hope that in two days, somehow somebody's worldview is going to be transformed. But, you know, they're getting a whole different worldview, 724s, the other 18 years of their lives. And there's just not a whole lot that a tiny little ministry can do to oppose the the churches and to or compete with the churches for the the lack of equipping that they are bringing their members uh and our ministries barely reach out to you know maybe 10,000 people 30,000 people 40,000 people but Barna is talking about 4% of America 12 million Americans down from 36 million in 1995 that means we've lost 24 million Americans that used to hold a distinctively Christian worldview 25 years ago We've lost 24 million Christians, and I just don't think these tiny little ministries can stand up and correct all of that when, you know, 30,000 evangelical churches in America aren't doing their job. Yeah. The point is things are slipping, but why are they slipping? Well, it's because the churches are failing to equip the 24 million or 36 million Americans with a distinctively Christian worldview. The problem is Obviously, in the seminaries and the universities, that's where each batch of new pastors are trained, and they tend to be corrupted by humanism, and they go and corrupt their churches. So I don't know what they're teaching. Are they teaching feel-good sermons, how to have a better marriage, how to deal with depression, why are denominations better than other denominations on some tertiary issue? I don't know what they're talking about, but what they need to do is build in a strong foundation, the doctrine of God, the sovereignty of God, the nature of God the work of God, the spiritual realm, biblical ethics. You know, we, we've got to be laying concrete and driving rebar into that concrete as we teach the, the word of God, not just on Sundays for 20 minutes, but uh, we need it in, in, into the churches on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays to compete with the other, you know, 724 stuff that's happening through pop media and through the educational programs. We got to teach the object of our faith before we just talk about faith. We need to firmly establish the indicative before we get to the imperative. And this kind of thing, we need to talk about God more than we talk about man. In short, we need a God-centered ministry in every evangelical church in America. Basically, we need less Andy Stanley and more Martin Lloyd-Jones. Less Joel Osteen and Bill Hybels and Max Licato and more Charles Spurgeon and A.W. Tozer. I'm just making this simple. I hope people understand what I'm saying here. Does they it make any sense, aren't. Steve? I mean, we need <laughs> well, the Puritans. Let's bring the Puritans back in. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. But if people don't know who Spurgeon and Tozer and uh, Martin Lloyd Jones and and all of those are, uh, then then you're speaking a different language. Uh, they, you know, they're not going to understand. We need to be reading good books we you know we need to seek true wisdom from the people who are wise uh you know that yeah. one of the things that i teach in my in my seminars is that you know part of the seven principles the first one you're responsible for your own decisions every decision that you make you choose that decision so number two you probably ought to seek wisdom 
and you need to seek wisdom. And it usually comes from a lot of dead people. The, the, the people who have been mm-hmm. long gone have a tendency to be more wise. The closer you get to the time of Christ, a lot of times you find a little bit more wisdom there. So, so the, you know, the people who are, you know, no longer around. Uh, usually wrote some really good stuff. So go seek them. Seek wise counsel from you know your pastor, your parents. But you need to find the wisdom there. And and because if you are in a really bad place, if you're in a bad place right now, your best decisions got you there. And your best decisions aren't going to get you out. You need the best decisions of other people. You need to find people like Kevin Swanson, who has a lot of wisdom. Martin Lloyd-Jones, A.W. Tozer, Charles Spurgeon. You need to start reading people like that who can help you make those decisions. Because I think a lot of what's going on is that the kids are trying to train each other. And you've got a whole bunch of you know foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And if you have a whole bunch of children getting together, you got a bunch of fools trying to teach each other. They need to find the wisdom of the of the gray haired people, like like those who are older who have been through everything. They need yeah. to find the wisdom. The choices you make critical, and what you're saying is the authors you read, the books you read, the church you attend, the sort of teachers you invite into your life. Those are really critical questions. Yeah. And, and may God give all of us wisdom on, on those questions. So trying to answer the question again, my friends, how the Christian worldview has slipped 75% among Christians in just the last 15 years, 20 years. Now, I said the problem is probably in the seminaries and education. It, it is. Education conveys the wrong worldview, undermining the idea that God is God. God is sovereign. His law is absolute. God is the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the world who still rules the universe today. That's the way George Barna frames it in his surveys, and I, I agree. Yes, that's basic. That's super basic. Wow. You know, if 60% of Americans call themselves Christians, or was it 67%, 67% of Americans should say amen to that. <laughs> but instead, it's only 4%. And why? The worldview of materialism, naturalism dominates after 12, 14, 16, 18 years of indoctrination in the public schools. Whatever the kids are getting in 20-minute Sunday school lessons, just not going to cut it, my friends. Not going to cut it. I know Ken Hampson saying that for the last 25 years. Yeah. By 2020, about one and a half million homeschoolers were evangelical, and they were salvaged from inculcating a humanist worldview in the public schools somewhat. But, of course, a lot of times the curriculum that they use turns out to be pretty much the secular curriculum brought into the homeschool. That's why Generations has put together a distinctively Christian worldview, biblical worldview-based curriculum that we advise for any Christian family that's homeschooling their kids. But, you know, even if we were to capture, I mean, let's say we were to capture one and a half million homeschoolers with our Christian worldview-based curriculum. well. What about the other 30 million Christians? What about them? How are we going to capture them? The bulk of which are sending their kids off to public schools. And, and by the way, we probably don't have more than four to 5,000 out of the one and a half million. Uh, so, and thankfully, there are a, a few other biblical worldview-based resources out there, but not many. There actually are shockingly few. If you walk through your average homeschool curriculum hall, you're not going to find all that much biblical worldview-based, self-conscious, self-consistently, Scripture as a front lip before their eyes, uh, 
constantly integrating the Word of God and a biblical metaphysic into the science and the history. You don't find that very much in homeschool curriculum halls. Uh, but we are trying our best to get this to at least the one and a half million homeschoolers out there. So, friends, you've got to get these kids out of the public school and away from public media. Even the pop media is very much pro-homosexual, pro-humanist, pro-feminist, pro-evolution. And I'm talking about Fox News here. That Fox News, Breitbart, Washington Examiner, these guys are pro-evolution. They're pro-homosexual, pro-feminist. I get their magazines. I, I see their stuff. These are the conservatives. This is the top 4 to 5% of the best stuff in America. When it comes to this pop conservative media, it's still pro-evolution. It's still pro-homosexual. It's still pro-feminist, pro-humanist, and self-consciously anti-biblical when it comes to applying God's ethics to all of life. So we've developed our own Christian news program with theworldview.com. We've developed our own Christian curriculum. We're encouraging families to get their kids out of the public schools. But they're just going to have to get away from the media. They're going to have to get away from the public schools. They're going to have to get radical or their children will be absorbed into the zeitgeist. and There will be no faith left in 2035. Where are we going to go for 1%, Steve? Where does it go? We've dropped from 2 to 1% for the Gen Zers, the 30-year-old adults and under. We're at 1%. We've dropped off a, a percent in just the last three years. What's going to happen three years from now? We're going to be to zero or 0.015% by the year 2027? 20, What's going to happen? If Christians don't get radical, if churches aren't getting radical, if we're not thoroughly absorbing our children into a Christian worldview, they will be absorbed into the zeitgeist. Christians are going to have to get biblical and root themselves in a historical Christian faith. They're going to have to attack bad worldviews relentlessly at every single point with an intense force. We can't give any quarter at all to the enemy anymore. No more. Not for a moment. We're not going to be giving our children humanist history books, humanist science books, humanist literature. Uh Uh-uh. We're going to give our children a grounding in a biblical worldview, the right worldview that cuts to shred every idea that lifts itself up against the knowledge of God. We need 2 Corinthians 10 on steroids right now. The weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty in God, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This also means that there's got to be a consistent obedience to the things we claim to believe. We can't be hypocrites here, attacking the antithesis while at the same time compromising with it. I used this example a few days ago, Steve. It just came to my mind. Example of pornography, where you know we're boycotting these stores that are advocating pornography, whatever. We can't be fighting the wholesale acceptance of sexual perversion while dabbling in pornography ourselves on the side. Sort of like we oppose their type of sin while we coddle our own favorite type of sin. So there's got to be a consistency in obedience, a life of repentance ourselves as we continue to engage the battle out there as we cast down those imaginations and arguments, we're casting down the arguments and imaginations that appear in our own minds as well. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. I would encourage you to our book, uh, Apostate the Men Who Destroyed the Christian West. That's a good start. Start there. That's the prequel. And then the sequel. 
is Epoch, the rise and fall of the West. Apostate, then Epoch. It's the prequel and sequel. I'd encourage you to both of those resources to equip your children, your grandchildren, to a proper biblical worldview perspective brought in from a historical perspective. I think that's a good way to introduce a biblical worldview and the great battle of ideas that's waged right now. I mean, this is an all-out war. Equip your children, your grandchildren, yourselves to this battle. Get a copy of Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, and Apostate, The Men Who Destroyed the Christian West at Generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 